0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. While we're continuing kind of in this idea of prayer, last week we talked about Jesus being our high priest and what that means that we have someone who empathizes, who understands, who prays from that vantage point for us, who not only intercedes and appeals to the Lord on our behalf of our sin, but also Is able to pray for us regarding the things that we're going through because He experienced them. He understood them. He knows what that's like and therefore you just hear this wonderful invitation to boldly approach and to expect to receive mercy and find grace, to find help because He is able to help us in our time of need. Well, I hope that image stays with us as we go forward now into the next two weeks at least where looking at those prayers that I had mentioned two weeks ago at the end of that sermon that There's a lot of wonderful prayers that Paul prayed, and it's been a challenge to try to think of how to go through these, particularly because once I put them all out on a piece of paper and began to just read them and soak in them and enjoy them, I started noticing themes or similar things that Paul would regularly pray. So, I think that's the approach that I'm going to try to take in this. What is some of the common content that Paul, in the moments where he prays, where he actually flat out says I pray or many texts where he says may the lord may the god of peace that's kind of the setup that he's also praying what he would like for the lord to do so anyway what I want to do is is walk through a number of prayers bit by bit and just again look at some of the key things that Paul prays and the purpose for this is that as we pray you know what we're so prone to pray petitions, pray needs, and just requests. <laughs> I remember listening to the sermon series and I made that comment about First Timothy 2.1 about, I urge you therefore requests, petitions, intercession, prayers, and like, I really honestly still don't know exactly what that means. They seem to be kind of synonyms. But the main thing is, is that it seems to me that so many of our prayers are just specific needs. Lord, would you provide this? Would you help with that? And It's interesting to me when I've spent time saturating myself in these prayers, reading them, rereading them, listening to them, thinking about them, meditating on them, again, that his content is very different than anything I would have prayed, perhaps the way you would have prayed. And so, I'm hoping that this will help you think about different content and that you would use these prayers. As ways to pray for not only your own life, but especially for those you love to pray for one another. So, anyway, let's get started. Well, the first prayer I want to begin with is in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. Paul says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Obvious. Paul prays. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better." What's the first thing he prays and asks God, our glorious Father to give, is to give more of the Spirit. And especially in this case, what the Spirit gives is wisdom and revelation. That we would ask the Father for the Spirit to give us wisdom and revelation. He says this also in the Colossians prayer, Colossians 1.9, he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. See, behind all of this, uh, somewhere along the line, I've talked about even Romans 8, 26 and 27, where the Spirit also prays on our behalf. He intercedes on our behalf. The beauty is that when we pray and He prays with us, He always prays it exactly according to God's will so that we can be sure that what happens, Romans 8, is He says, we don't know how to pray in 26 and 28 says, but we do know, we do know that the Spirit's working all things for good for those who love God and called according to His purposes, so we can trust the outcome. So, here, while he's praying, the first thing is that he acknowledges in a couple of these places, it's the Spirit who will accomplish this, the Spirit who will empower us for this prayer to be worked out in our lives. And the first thing he prays is for wisdom and revelation in the Ephesians text, And in Colossians 1.9, he says that the Spirit gives wisdom and understanding. You know, friends, that's something I want to pray regularly for you and for me. Lord, increase Holy Spirit. Come and give us greater wisdom and give us greater revelation. And see, behind this is that one of the very first things then is that we pray for the activity of the Spirit to happen in our lives and the lives of those we love and that he would come and work in our minds first, wisdom and revelation. He finishes that, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. See, one of the first things that he cares about, Paul prays about, is what we know, that our knowledge would increase. And it's not just any kind of knowledge. The first thing is that we would know him better. Know him better better. That's something the Holy Spirit has to help us with, with wisdom and revelation to know God, to know Jesus better. In the Colossians prayer, he says that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, please him in every way, growing in the knowledge of God. So, again, in that prayer, what is the first thing he wants us to know is to know him. And I don't think it's knowledge of God from kind of a classroom intellectual concept. That helps, but he wants us to know God, who he really is. And one of the things that I've been doing in my life over the years is finding passages where God says things about himself So that I can get to know Him better. As I've mentioned, I think, even in the last podcast, that when He revealed His glory and His goodness to Moses in Exodus 33, He says, I am compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Or again, 1 Timothy 6.15 and following where he says, I am God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen nor can see, to me be honor and might. Or I think about just his greatness in Isaiah 66. He begins by saying, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Oh my gosh, just get that image in your head. Heaven is his throne. And the earth is just his footstool. And he says, where's the house you will build for me? Where would my resting place be if not my hands made all these things and so they came into being? You know, he's like, are you kidding me? I am huge. I am great. And there is none like me. And especially my heart and my loving actions toward you is just incredible. Well, this is the stuff you want the Spirit through wisdom and revelation and through his word to help us in our knowledge of God. And where that leads to then, again, is the next thing is that we would have a knowledge of His will. And that's where in the Colossians text, Colossians 1.9, he says, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. You think about Romans 12.2, where he says that we would no longer be conformed to the pattern of this age, but that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we might know what His will is, as good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of his, of his word, of scriptures, but that he wants to renew our mind with the knowledge of him, his character, his attributes, and then the knowledge of his ways. And again, folks, when he says that we would know his will, good, pleasing, and perfect will is that his will is only good. His will only causes good to happen. His will is about us loving and being loved and not harming him and each other. His will is so good, it's so perfect, it's so awesome, it's the best, and it produces life for us. Oh, that we would just believe that and want to know, Lord, what are your ways? And I want them to be so deeply ingrained in my mind and heart so that I'll walk in them so that I'll experience joy and peace and life. And so will those who I interact with. And again, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. But then we have that beautiful, amazing prayer in Ephesians 3. We'll do the whole thing, but at this point, I want to pick it up at the end of verse 17, where he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love, and I just love this, that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God." You realize knowing the love of Christ, knowing God's love, which is a kind of knowing at an intellectual level, but then he says, I want you to know in a way that surpasses a knowledge way of knowing. I want you to grasp, I want you to know my love, to know God's love, so that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Him. You guys, again, we can't love as loved. We won't love because we've been first loved, unless we experience his love, unless we grow to know it at some level intellectually, conceptually, but especially to know it experientially. And this is what Paul prays, Holy Spirit, bring wisdom and revelation around all of this. Bring a greater understanding of who you are. Bring us into the knowledge of you, the knowledge of your will, Give us wisdom and understanding, but especially, especially, especially give us knowledge of your love, the ability to grasp how wide and long and high and deep to experience that love. You see, if we don't know it, if we don't know Him who is love, if we don't know His will and ways, which is going to be the outworking of love, if we don't know about His love and experience his love. How on earth are we going to love others as he has loved us? How on earth are we going to be transformed into his likeness if we don't even know what the primary objective is? And it takes the work of the Holy Spirit. It takes us working together. It takes his word. But all of this, this is the primary beginning point in Paul's praying, is for our minds, And for our minds to be touched both through the word, through wisdom and insight directly by the Holy Spirit, and to know that love, to know that love. Well, the last thing is that he also says, I pray, Ephesians 1.18, I pray that your eye, the eyes of your heart, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, and I think this next clause is like, in other words, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He wants us to know hope, hope in the moment, and especially that there is a hope out there so that when we're suffering, when we're going through difficulties, we are aware that that hope that he's poured into our hearts, Romans 5.5, 5, or hope doesn't disappoint us because he's poured his love into our hearts. We need hope. People need hope. And he prays, again, the last thing to know is that you may know the hope, that you would understand the hope, that you would have a vision of that hope, of what it's going to be like for us when Jesus returns. But again, I think that knowing is more than just intellectual because in Romans 15, 13, he prays, may the God of hope, I love it, that's part of his very nature, the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope. He wants us to know hope as well, to know His joy and His peace, and that we would overflow with hope. He wants us to experience this. He wants us to not just know about it, but to experience it. So I wanna finish with you just now if you're praying these things, (laughs) is to be able to have those moments where you stop and let Him say it back to you. Some of these verses you've heard me in varieties of times, and if you've been a part of any one of our weekends, I say some of these regularly. But just hear them now from the Father's heart to yours. Beloved, I wanna give you my spirit, the measure of my spirit, who will in turn give you wisdom and revelation so that you may know me better. I mean, if Paul prayed this, how much more do I, your father in heaven, desire this? Desire that you would know my spirit and experience the wisdom and revelation that he brings in order that you might know me better. Or again, hearing when he says that I will fill you with the knowledge of my will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of me and please me in every way, growing in your knowledge of me. Oh, Father, thank you that you want this, you desire this for us. That when we ask how much more do you wanna see it happen? Do you wanna see this realized in each of our hearts? But the last one, listen to him now through Ephesians three seventeen. In order to root and ground you deeper in my love, I will give you the power, the ability, together with all my people, to grasp, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus, my love for you. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of me. Oh, Father, thank you. This isn't just something Paul prayed for, but how you eagerly desire to bring it to pass in our hearts, in our lives. Thank you for your commitment to that. And then finally, Romans fifteen thirteen. Listen to the Father. I, the God of hope, will again today, right now, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in me, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of my Holy Spirit. I, the God of hope, am here to fill you now with all joy and peace as you trust in me, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of my Holy Spirit. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so just one more time and we'll finish it out. I, the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ, I will give you more of my spirit who will bring wisdom and revelation to you so that you may know me better, so that you may have the knowledge of my will, so that you might know the hope to which you've called and experience my hope, my joy, my peace. But most of all, in order to further root and ground you in my love, I will give you the ability to grasp and to know the love of Jesus, my love for you, that actually surpasses knowledge because I want you to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of me. Oh, thank you, Father. It's so good. And Lord, I just pray that as we have opportunity to look at these prayers today, sp- specifically uh, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, Ephesians 3, Lord, the middle part of it, 17, 18, 19, and Colossians 1, Lord, 9 and following. I pray that as we would take time, Lord, to look at these prayers, that you would inspire us to pray them for ourselves and for one another, and then to hear you say, how much more do you want to see this happen in us, and your commitment to see it happen in us. We love you, God. We're so grateful. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you all, and have a great day, a great week.